It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey. Hit it up the park. Hit it up the park. Hit it with a strike. Hit it with a strike. From the national anthem. Anthem. To the bottom of the night. I'm in. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey. You already know what's up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 485 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is October 5th, 2023. Another day, another show. Hopefully everyone is doing well watching here live on YouTube or on replay on YouTube or listening to the podcast platforms. There's a little bit of news that came down today. Uh, Bob Melvin, he has spoken to some members of the Padres media, Kevin AC, Bernie Wilson, Bernie Wilson for AP, Kevin AC, obviously for the San Diego Union Tribune. And those were his first comments after the Padres season ended. Uh, well, unofficially, I mean, technically he made comments after the final game of the season, but you know what I mean? Like end of season, he didn't, he hasn't had an end of season zoom press conference. Maybe he will tomorrow. We'll see what happens there, but he did have some quotes, so I'm going to get into that. Also, some San Diego sports stuff coming up at the end with San Diego Wave, San Diego Loyal, Uh, but the main part of this show today is going to be focused on the quotes from the San Diego Padres this year, and in the month of October here, we're obviously going to be looking towards the future still, like what's going to happen with this organization We know that Preller is staying. Seems like Melvin is staying. Like, we know that. They're running it back. 
but in terms of like players and the roster questions and all that, of course, we're going to talk about that. But since they're not in the postseason this October, it gives us time here to reflect on this season still. Um, and part of this, part of my reflecting is going to be on the quotes today and talking with you guys. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat, or you can just give your comments, your thoughts, questions in the chat. I will get to all the super chats as always, so feel free to do that and support the channel that way. I appreciate anyone that does that. I'm also going to be doing some player season reviews. I'm also I'm doing that with Gaslamp Ball writing there, and then I'll be doing some of that here as well with uh, most of the roster, most of the San Diego Padres roster, just looking back at their seasons and the future, the contracts, all of that. So that's what we got coming up. Uh, real quick before getting into the quotes, I did want to promote, uh, if you want to watch it, some people may not want to watch it because they don't want to look back on this season anymore. But if you want to watch it, I did uh, spend a good amount of time putting together a, you know how there's highlight reels? More like a low light reel of how bad this Padres season was. Put some clown music, some circus music behind it because that's what this season was really based on the expectations. I mean, come on, it was a, it was a clown show. Uh, and all of the worst plays, the errors, the extra inning losses, the one-run games, grounding into double plays, I put a lot of it there. I probably, I know I missed some of the stuff like the Kershaw meme and Soto, one of his quotes about how the, the Dodgers should be worried about the Padres, not the other way around when he said that. But I included Tatis, obviously, at FanFest. Um, so if you want to go watch that, I put a, a lot of work into that. So I would appreciate that if you went and watched that. Um, and I think. For those that maybe don't think that this season was that bad, I think if you go and watch it, it will bring back memories of, oh my gosh, this season was really bad. Yeah, they finished with a winning record, but it wasn't a winning season. You can say technically it was, but we all know in our hearts that it was not a winning season, right? So, all right, without further ado, let's get to the quotes. At the end that I go through all these quotes, I will have the three finalists for quote of the year like the worst quote of the year and then i will give my winner and i'm sure people in the comments will have their winner for the worst quote of the year as well so this i tried to put this in order of like when it happened so starting with fan fest and the quotes there and then going all the way to hater in september about the are we in the playoff race so in order of what happened in the season. So these are not all like terrible quotes. These are all, in my opinion, just notable quotes that happened this season. So let's first start off here. Tatis at FanFest when he said, who you guys want us to face? It doesn't matter because we're still going to win it all. Bogarts chimed in there because he heard a fan say the Yankees. We all know they were all up on the stage. Manny, Bogart, Soto, Tatis. I think it was Manny. Don was up there as well. And he was saying it's our year and hyping up the crowd. And I don't want to get on Tatis too much about this because, yes, he was asked by someone in the crowd about, like, who do you think you're, who do you want to face? I forget if it was who do you want to face or who do you think you're going to face. But, like, World Series matchup, who is it going to be? And so he was kind of pinned. So, of course, he's going to say that he has confidence in the team. But, obviously, 
a lot of people are going to have a lot of fun with that, mainly Dodgers fans now, because the Dodgers are in the postseason. Their season could be over by the end of next week, but um, they're in the postseason. The Padres don't even make the postseason. So a lot of people are going to have fun with that uh, because I think a lot of people don't like Padre fans on social media, but social media is not real life, right? I get a lot of hateful things on social media, but whenever someone comes up to me in public, they appreciate what I do. They have nice things to say. And I love Padres fans. I love baseball fans. Like social media, it's very easy to say mean stuff, right? Um, and blow things up and all that. So a lot of fans will do that with the Tatis quote at FanFest and some of the other quotes. Another quote that happened, Manny in April, I'd rather this happen now than down the road. Don't jump on the bandwagon later on when we start effing raking and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. That one, I think, pissed some Padre fans off because it's like, okay, that shows that you don't have urgency. I think I initially quote tweeted that from AJ Caswell and said, I like that from Manny. Like, that's my captain. I like that because I like the confidence. And I thought I was, I was part of the people in the crowd that thought that, yeah, everything's going to be fine. It's early on in the season. Don't panic. But now looking obviously back on it, it's like, well, maybe Manny, that was the problem. You guys didn't have urgency. I think that was part of the problem. There wasn't enough urgency. Thought it was just going to turn around. And you say, I'd rather this happen now than down the road. Okay, well, guess what? It didn't happen down the road. And down the road meaning September. You played really well, but it was too late. Every game matters. Every month in the regular season matters. It does. So maybe the first week next season, first couple weeks, I might say it's early if things aren't going great. But every game matters. It's not going to be for a couple months like I think I did this season. Um, I think a lot of people are going to not be saying, oh, it's all right, it's early next season. I don't think you're going to see a lot of that from the Padres fans uh, next year. We've learned our lesson for sure. Um, and also what I think pissed people off about that quote from Manny is like, don't jump on the bandwagon later. So he's like saying that people aren't on the bandwagon. We were all worth with you, Manny. Even when things weren't going well, the Padres were still selling out Petco Park. Record sellouts. We're behind you. We're just frustrated that you guys aren't playing up to the level of expectation. You guys aren't playing up to the baseball card like he loves to mention. So just because people are saying negative things and saying you need to be better, that doesn't mean that they're not behind you. It just means that it's tough love, right? There's probably people, you know, that have tough love in family or friends, like you do something wrong or you're doing something wrong and someone gets on you. It's not because they're not behind you. It's because they want it to change. They are behind you. Like, that's why they're bringing it up to you. That's why they're being critical of you. If they weren't being critical of you, they wouldn't, they're not behind you. They don't care, right? It's one thing for him to look at like Dodger fans and crapping on them all the time, but no, Padres fans, we're behind you. I think some people, there's a misconception, whether it's the players or some fans that are like, stop crapping on the team, always be positive. I was one of the more positive fans, but I just want this team to do well. I want these fans to get the winning that they deserve because of how much time and effort has, has been spent in supporting this team, and it just didn't happen this year. Um, Juan Soto 
in April. This was, I believe, on the TBS broadcast when they were in New York playing the Mets. I think we don't worry about them, he said to the Dodgers. They should be worrying about us. That's another one where I wasn't mad about it then. I knew that Dodger fans were going to get pissed off, and I knew that it was going to draw a lot of reaction. And if it wasn't backed up, then yeah, that's going to be a quote that's going to come back and be used a lot by Dodger fans. And guess what? It has been. Shocker. That's what happens. You know, Juan Soto was talking big. All these guys were talking big. Padres fans were talking big because we had expectations of going to the World Series and maybe even winning the World Series because of how talented this team was. We thought this team was just getting better compared to last year's team, and last year's team made it to the NLCS. The Dodgers got worse on paper. Trey Turner's gone. Justin Turner's gone. Cody Bellinger's gone. Clayton Kershaw's getting a year older. Walker Buehler, his health. Gavin Lux is out in spring training. Like, it made sense for us to have these high expectations and for us to talk. For us to talk. And it's not like the Padres lost to the Dodgers in the NLCS last year. And Soto was saying this. No, when it mattered the most, the Padres beat the Dodgers. So Soto, I was not mad at him for saying that. I'll, I'll be mad at him for saying that if he says it in 2024, because you didn't back it up this year. Like, shut up and just go play. Um, you know, it's one thing to have confidence. Just say that you believe in the group, and we. I believe that we're going to be better in 2024, and we're going to be we're going to be in it till the very end. Like you can say that, but don't come. Don't bring other teams into it in 2024. That's probably what I would say. You're probably going to be asked about it, but just do the boring answer. Yeah, we're worried about ourselves. We can't control what other teams do. Control what you can control. That's probably the message I'd have. For the Padres next year, but yeah, uh, they should be worrying about us, the Dodgers. That ended up not working out for Juan Soto and the Padres. Bob Melvin in May, and, and again, some of these are not bad quotes. These are just notable quotes. We have guys that can perform better and we're going to, but it's time to quit just talking about it. It's time to go out there and do it. I think that was after the Minnesota Twin Series, and that was before they got swept at Dodger Stadium against the Dodgers. So that was not a good stretch for this Padres team. That was after they won the first Dodger game at Petco. Then the meme happens. Then they lose the next two. Betts hits the homer off of Hader, right? That was that series. Then they go to Minnesota. And I think Bob Melvin had a meeting with the players and aired them out. Then he kind of airs them out here publicly to the media. And he was right. It's time to quit talking about it and just go out there and do it. And the Padres didn't do that. You had guys yapping at FanFest. Had guys yapping in the season. Dodgers should be worried about us. We're not worried about them. Uh, don't jump on the bandwagon later when we start effing raking and doing what we're supposed to be doing. It was a lot of yapping instead of just doing the, the boring quote and saying, we got to be better. We're going to try our hardest to be better. And we can control only what we can control. We just got to keep going out there playing hard baseball. Sometimes, yeah, I get annoyed by that for sure, but sometimes that's the right thing to do instead of continuing to yap. Um, and the Padres, it felt like there was too much talk instead of urgency. Things need to turn around. We got to make them turn around instead of waiting for them to turn around. Um, so, yeah, I understood Bob Melvin there in May. 
I liked him calling out the team early because he knew that there was expectations on this team as well. Uh, Xander Bogarts in June after that home series against the Nats. Come on, man. We're playing the Nationals later in the later in the media scrum saying, I don't think they have player playoff aspirations. Pretty much like calling out the team, like, come on, we got to be better than this. We can't be giving up against the Nationals. We can't be losing these games to the Nationals. They lost series against the Kansas City Royals, Pittsburgh Pirates, like teams that they needed to beat, should have beat, that the good teams take advantage of, and they go sweep those series or win those series at least. The Padres didn't do that enough in 2023. So I like that from Xander, him calling out the or calling out uh, the Padres there, and him being honest. Like it's the Nats. Like what, what are we doing here? It's the Nationals. I was fine with that. Uh, Juan Soto in June on the offense's inconsistency. I don't think I'm the guy to respond to that question. I think we have those guys down there. They know better than me. I don't know. I really don't know what is going on. And I think he was pointing to the coach's office or where the front office meets. I don't think he was pointing to players like the players need to do their job more, which was the case. I mean, those guys needed to step up. Soto, I think, was doing okay. He finally got out of the, the bad rut that he was in at the beginning of the year, and he was playing better. Um, but that that quote raised a lot of eyebrows because I think maybe some thought he was pointing out, pointing to other players and calling out players instead of um, focusing on himself. And maybe some didn't know that or didn't think that he was pointing to not the players, but coaches, front office. He did kind of mention that he wasn't getting the information People weren't helping him. I forget if that quote was last year or this year. Like he wasn't getting enough help. And maybe that's what the Padres need to change in the offseason is bring in some guys that actually can communicate better with Juan Soto, with some other players um, to communicate the information. Because maybe the Padres weren't giving the right information to these players and the coaches, or it just wasn't being translated. Because it's one thing to give a bunch of information to players and just overload them with info. but if they just look at it and be like, I don't know what to do with this. What the heck does this mean? Then that means literally nothing. You giving that information to players meant nothing. It didn't do anything. It didn't help at all. So maybe that's some of the changes that we're not really going to know about, or maybe some fans don't really care about. They care about what happens on the field. They care about the bigger moves, but maybe that's some of the, the changes that are going to have to happen here in the off season before spring training in 2024. Uh, Manny in June after losing to the Pirates. This wasn't after they got swept, but this was a bad road trip. I want to say it was after this first or second game of the series. Kevin AC wanted to ask Manny some questions. Manny, obviously down year, captain of the team. And Manny said, I don't have time. I don't have time to talk. And yeah, that was a bad look. It was like, you better, for me, I think I remember saying at that point, you better go be rehabbing or watching film, talking to coaches, talking to the front office. You better be doing something productive if you're going to sit there and say, I don't have time. Now, to give credit to him, I believe the next day he talked to Kevin and had some accountability. There needs more urgency is needed. I think that's what he said to Kevin the next day. So I give credit to him for that. But when you're the leader of the team, you're the captain of the team, we're not asking you to speak every day. The media is not asking for you to speak every day. But for you to sit there and be like, I don't have time. 
that's not a good look. So, yeah, that was a bad quote. Um, yes, this was, we need a little more urgency as a team, is what Manny said. I believe that was the next day in Pittsburgh that he sat down with Kevin and said that to him. He probably realized how he effed up and he needed to go talk to Kevin. Um, especially when you're getting paid millions of dollars, like, just go talk to the dude for five minutes. You might not like you might not like him. You might not want to talk to the media, but it's part of the job. Bob Melvin has to talk to the media twice a day for almost every day of the season. You think he wants to do that? No. Um, AJ Preller on Melvin in June. I think this was on Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. I fully expect him to be the guy that leads us back into the postseason here this year. Obviously, that didn't happen, but that was when like there were questions of is Bomel with Bomel's future. And so Preller, he said that, and that's another thing that Preller got wrong this year. Peter Seidler in July, obviously this was the Kevin AC sit down in Cincinnati while the two were watching a game. And Seidler said, I'm not afraid to make changes. I never have been, but I really value stability. And when I know the person as well and the skill set as well as I know AJ and Eric, they're not going anywhere, period. I'm for excellence. And to me, AJ is excellence. That quote obviously got a ton of attention, and I was not happy with that. I understand Peter Seidler at that point backing Eric Gruppner, backing AJ Preller, and being like, they're not going anywhere. You believe in stability. But to add on, I'm for excellence, and to me, AJ is excellence. When the Padres were playing as bad as they were, I think they just got swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates in that road trip, losing to the Kansas City Royals in, during the year, uh, losing all these one-run games, and same thing with the Cincinnati Reds, that series. Coming back, losing. Coming back, losing. And it's just like gut punch after gut punch. And for you to go out there and say, AJ is excellence when he brought you to the playoffs once. Once in a full season, 2020 he did, but they got swept in the division series. They lost. They didn't have enough pitching, clearly. Ryan Weathers had to make his debut. They had Craig Stammen pitching game three of the wildcard series. Didn't even go to Chris Paddock. So, yeah, I mean, to say that, it's like, what are you watching? What are you seeing that we're not seeing? You didn't have to go AJ's excellence. I think that was too far, and that's where... It's like, yeah, of course he wasn't going to make changes this offseason. And then you add on the statement that he made that he has, he still has support, or the, the full, the, uh, what do you say? The, the leadership team has his full support. That's what he said this week in that statement, right? On Monday morning, before that meeting even happened at Petco Park. He wanted to make sure it was out there that he wanted those guys to return. He wanted Preller to return. Full support. But like he, kind of contradicted himself when he said this in July. He values stability. He's he's not for mediocre stability. Well, what is A.J. Preller then with stability? It feels like it's mediocre stability. It's not greatness stability. Because again, what matters the most is what is happening at the big league level. Playoff-wise, no World Series appearance. I get it. There was a rebuild. But when he first came and tried to add a bunch of pieces. That didn't work. Tingler didn't work. Andy Green didn't work. 
and there was the collapse in 2021. Great. He brings in Bob Melvin, but how much of that was AJ Preller? Was that Peter Scyther? Like you better bring in Bob Melvin if that's a possibility. And then this year when he made those quotes, it was like, yeah, this, this isn't looking good. Not making the postseason if they keep playing like this. So I think that irked a lot of people because it's like, Peter, we love you for spending money and wanting this team to win what you do outside of the Padres organization with homelessness and all that great human being. We love that, but you're blinded by your relationship with AJ Preller and it needs to stop. I think that's what a lot of Padres fans thought there. Uh, Manny in July talking to Kevin AC, Kevin AC was saying like, I think he mentioned how he thinks the Padres were desperate. This, I think this was after a game in July. We're not desperate in here. Don't put words out there. We need to win games. It's simple. It's not desperation. Manny to Kevin. And Manny, he's either in a good mood and he's completely good with the media, or he's in a bad mood and he goes at the media and blames things on the media and goes back at the media and tries to make it seem like the media are all the bad guys. And, um, you know, they try to put things in Manny's mouth and all that. So he went at Kevin here. He went at Marty, I think, earlier this year as well, Marty Caswell, when it wasn't necessary, I don't think. Uh, but that's, you know, part of the job. They know what Manny's, they know Manny. They know that, hey, you go in there in that clubhouse, he could be in a bad mood and you could get it that day. But yeah, we're not desperate in here. Don't put words out there. We need to win games. It's simple. It's not desperation. That's another part of the problem. And I said that at that time. Remember earlier in the year, right? Earlier here in this episode, when I brought up the Manny quote from April, I'd rather this happen now than down the road. Don't jump on the bandwagon later on when we start effing raking and doing what we're supposed to be doing. No urgency there. Then in, then in June, he says, we need a little more urgency, admitting that we need more urgency as a team. But then says, we're not desperate. It's not desperation. So it's like putting the words out there, urgency, but then not following through on them. Hmm. Where did we hear about that from, you know, players, sources in that clubhouse from these reports about how Manny would have these meetings, speak in these meetings, and then not follow through on what he was saying in those meetings? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Musgrove in July. Musgrove, I think he's great with the media. I think he is a leader of this team. I think he is the leader in terms of quotes, talking to the media, saying the right things. This one, though, I didn't. I was not in agreement with uh, Musgrove in July. I understand the fans are frustrated and looking forward to next year, but when we're a game out and don't have Snell or Hater, we'll be kicking ourselves. And that was his like plea to the front office through the media that don't trade Snell, don't trade Hater, don't give up on this team. But I understood where Musgrove was coming from because he's not a fan. Just he's not just a fan anymore. He's a player in there, so he's not going to tell the media. No, I think we should trade Snell and Hayter. He did say, though, didn't he say earlier on in the year that we will we'll be a like they're they're a talented team even without Snell and Hayter? Which I think that was the fan speaking, realizing their situations, Snell and Hayters, and they're going to be a free agent at the end of the year. It's not looking great. It would be better to get something back. But then, like Musgrove, the leader, standing up for his teammates, wanting to believe in the team, he says. I understand the fans are frustrated, looking forward to next year. We're going to be cooking ourselves, though, if you know Snow and Hader are gone. That's where it's like, 
Musgrove, do you, Joe, do you, do you not realize where this team is? You're a fan. I know you realize where this team is. I know you realize the situation of Snell and Hader, and they're probably not going to come back, and this isn't the year. And I get it's July. There's a lot of time left before the regular season ends, but there's not a lot of time before the trade deadline. And the smartest thing for this Padres organization, and I still believe this, was for the Padres organization for A.J. Preller to deal Blake Snell and deal Josh Hader because this wasn't going to be the year. And now what happened? A.J. goes out there and he makes fringe additions. He acquires Rich Hill. G-Man Choi didn't get a hit until the Padres were officially eliminated from playoff contention. Garrett Cooper, free agent at the end of the year. Scott Barlow, okay, he can be a good piece for the bullpen next year. But he goes out, gets the fringe pieces. They're free agents at the end of the year. And doesn't trade the Cy Young winner. Doesn't trade one of the best relievers in the year. And you're going to lose those guys probably for just draft picks now. Because you can't trade them. So the Musgrove quote, it was like, man, bring that fan back in you. I know you're not going to say it. Say it as an anonymous source to Kevin Ac or Dennis Lynn or Marty Caswell or something, right? I get you're not going to say it as the leader of the team, as a leader of the team in the clubhouse. You're not going to do that after what you said earlier in the year about them because you realize that you probably shouldn't have said that, like quoted in an article. But yeah, like we'll be kicking ourselves that Snow and Hater are gone. Obviously, you'd, we weren't kicking ourselves. We were kicking ourselves, and Preller might be kicking himself for not trading those guys before the trade deadline. That's what they're kicking themselves about. Not that, oh, we traded them, and now we missed the playoffs by a couple of games. <laughs> they missed the playoffs by a couple of games with those, with those guys, pitching well when they were on the field. It was the other guys that were the problem. We knew that all along. Hater was part of the problem. I'm not saying he wasn't, but I'm saying, like, on-field performance when they were on the field, it was other guys not doing their job good enough. Juan Soto in August, this one was, uh, this one's definitely a nominee for worst quote of the year. Soto in August saying, days like this series in Seattle, which is where it was, uh, we just give up. Like, literally, we just give up instead of keep grinding, keep pushing. We've got to forget about yesterday and keep moving. Yikes. I saw that quote come out, and I was frustrated just like everyone. Why does this mentality continue to happen with the San Diego Padres? Whether it's Manny in 19, or it wasn't 2019, but spring training, I think, of 2020, admitting, like, yeah, didn't give my best full effort, essentially saying that to, I think, Ken Rosenthal about 2019. 2021, the collapse and all that, right? You got guys like Jake Arrieta faking a hamstring injury. Um, Hosmer, unwilling to change. Guys just giving up. Um, you know, it's... And then this year, multiple guys. Manny admitting, yeah, I just didn't want it bad enough. We should have wanted it more. Soto, like literally, days like today, we just give up instead of keep grinding, keep pushing. I think Xander Bogarts hinted at that during that, after that national series, right, to the media. And it's like, out of all years, this should not be the year that you're quitting. Sean Manaya last year, I forgot to mention him, last year, right? When he signs with the Giants this year, he admits that last year that he learned some things. 
about needing to put in the work. And it's like, why is this happening to the, why does this happen just to the Padres? I see these quotes. Now I'm dialed in obviously every day to the Padres. So maybe there are quotes that are happening from other teams that I'm not noticing, but it's like every, almost feels like every year it's a Padres player that says this. And that mentality has to stop. You're getting paid more money than we'll ever see. And you're going to sit there and be like, yeah, sometimes we just give up. I mean, I like the honesty, but that honesty, that quote, shouldn't be out there. That should never happen because you shouldn't be quitting. That's the problem here. You know? So, yeah, that quote, I mean, that if there's a quote that sums up the season, I mean, that could be there. That could be that right there. Musgrove in August says it feels like we're doomed. Uh, some of the Manny quotes in September could do it as well. Hater in September as well. Like, there's some bad quotes here. The urgency stuff, obviously. But yeah, just that quote was just like, maybe, we, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. That was my reaction then because there was talk about it before that quote came out. Like, this team, man, they just, they're just flat. Whenever they get down, they're just flat. They just give up. Melvin in August, there's really no reason to even look at the standings at this point in time, which this was not a bad quote for Melvin. Like, not all of these, again, are bad quotes. Most of them are, but not all of them are bad quotes. They're just wild quotes. Because if you would have sat there in spring training and said, Bob Melvin's going to say that in August, I would have thought you were nuts. <laughs> but it was right. No, there's no point in looking at the standings because of where the Padres were at in August. They played like crap. They played terribly. What was their record in August? I got to go look this back up. Uh, it, it was really bad. 2023 Padres schedule and results. I'm going on baseball reference here. 10 and 18. Terrible. Yeah. When you need to win games and then you play eight games under 500 in a month. Yeah. There's no reason to be looking at the standings. Uh, Musgrove feels like we're doomed. I think that came after, I want to say, the Darvish injury. Because Crony came in September, I think, in Milwaukee. But I think it was after an injury or something. Maybe it was after another bad game. It feels like we're doomed. Machado in September, the Kevin Ac piece on the importance of culture. What is this, college baseball? What is this, high school? And it's like when your leader of the clubhouse doesn't believe in culture, you have a bad culture. Culture is not everything, but it's something. It is for sure something. Go look at the Philadelphia Phillies. You think they have a good culture? Yeah, I'd say so. Go look at the Minnesota Twins. You think they have a good culture? Yeah, I'd say so. They're not the most talented team. They have talent on their team, but they're not the most talented team. And look at them right now. You think the Dodgers have a good culture? You got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman out there on before a day game doing everything that the role players are doing because no one views themselves above the team. And they don't view it as this individual thing. Yes, batters go up there and individually they don't think like, oh, I hate Manny, so I'm going to strike out here to screw the team. They're not thinking that, obviously. But it is something. I think it's you know pregame, postgame, 
like doing the little things right. And I think those things will add up and help you be better prepared for those big moments, which the Padres were not good in those big moments this season. Is there a reason for that? I don't think it was just a coincidence that, oh, well, if they do the same thing, same preparation, same everything, same clubhouse culture and all that, they're, they're going to be amazing next year in these situations. I don't think that's the case. I think things are going to have to improve. I think that if everything was the same, they, they would have been better if you play this whole season out again. And maybe they get in the postseason, but barely. It's not like they're, they're going to have a Dodgers-type season if they played it again. And that's what this team's expectation should be because of how much talent was on this team going into the year and the expectations that we had for this team. And we're going to still have high expectations for this team in 2024. Maybe it'll be a little bit less depending on some roster moves here, what happens in the offseason. But we're going to still have those high expectations. And we should. Because if you don't, you're just letting this team off the hook, I think. Uh, Machado in September, I think we just didn't want it. I think overall as a group, we didn't want it as bad as Seattle did or as bad as some of these other teams. We should have wanted it more. That's not a quote that should be coming out of Manny Machado's mouth. After you go to the NLCS in 2022 and you have a stacked roster and you got World Series expectations, you've never won a World Series before, probably want to try to prove some doubters wrong. Shut up, people. And that's the quote. We didn't want it as bad. That shouldn't come out of a player's mouth. That definitely shouldn't come out of a player's mouth next year. Again, I like the honesty, but my point is that shouldn't come out of a player's mouth because that should never be like realized by a player because that should never be the mentality that, yeah, other teams, yeah, they wanted it more than us. We quit when we get down. That should not be the mentality. When you got three over 3 million fans showing up at Petco Park, so much money being spent by the owner, by the fans, so much time being invested, so much effort by a lot of people in that organization. That should never be a mentality in that clubhouse. It's one thing if you're the Kansas City Royals or the Oakland A's and you're a vet on that team or even a young guy, and it's like, man, this is a long season. Maybe I wasn't prepared enough going into this year. Nobody's watching you. But when you're the Padres and you have all that talent, this isn't 2017 or 2018 anymore. That can't be the mentality going forward. That has to stop. Then there was the bad stuff about uh, one, the one player in September, Preller and Melvin's relationship is unfixable, uh, which I'm going to get into here in a little bit because Bob Melvin spoke. Um, another one, obviously, Josh Hader in September on not going four outs. Are we in a playoff race? You guys want me to do everything, he said later to Kevin Acey. And I, I've given my thoughts on this already. Anyone that has listened to this show, they've watched this show, they know my thoughts on this. So I'm not going to go ballistic on Josh again because I've already spent my energy on Josh Hader. Um, but, like, again, the, the player-first mentality that Josh had there, I understood him having that, me that mentality. Again, you shouldn't say that probably publicly um, when you're mathematically still in the playoff race. Long shot, but you were still mathematically uh, in it, so that shouldn't come out of your mouth. But he had that mentality still the entire season. He didn't go four outs when you had guys like Robert Suarez going four outs when it was a long shot of them making the postseason. You have Nick Martinez doing whatever the team wants of him, and he's not going to get $100 million like Josh Hader probably will from some team in free agency. 
You know, the team first mentality is what needs to happen next year, especially from guys that have gotten their money, from guys that are handsomely paid. Be a team first guy. More urgency. A lot of things need to be fixed, and I think a lot of it's on the players. There's some stuff that can be fixed from coaching staff and front office and information they're giving the players and the coaching staff. We've heard things about that. But a lot of this comes down to the players and their mentalities. And a lot of it was dis discovered by their own quotes this season, not just from anonymous sources. Some of that was. But a lot of it was from the players themselves speaking. And that told us a whole lot. So I want to give my three nominees the worst quote of 2023. One nominee, Seidler, saying AJ's excellence. Another one. Soto, days like this, we just give up. And then Hater, are we in the playoff race? You guys want me to do everything. Those are my three nominees. The worst quote of the year, in my opinion, was, drumroll please, Juan Soto, we just give up. When we get down, we just give up instead of keep pushing, keep fighting. The AJ's excellence one, bad. Hater, bad. Some of the Manny ones this year, bad. You definitely have a case to make for some of those other quotes. But I'll defend Seidler a little bit. It was one of the worst quotes of the year, in my opinion, but not the worst. I can defend Seidler because he wants to make his organization look good, and he is always optimistic. And at that point, there was still a lot of time left in the season for them to turn it around. So he was optimistic. I didn't think he should have went that far, but I understood it kind of. If you're trying to look at it from Peter Seidler's always optimistic point of view and how he loves A.J. Preller. Josh Hader, are we in the playoff race? That quote, I'm not saying it wins it because there was still a lot of stuff that had to go right for the Padres. So they were in the race, but they were almost mathematically eliminated. And Josh Hader's not someone that plays every day. And that quote, to be honest, didn't like surprise me that much because it's Josh Hader. Juan Soto took the cake for me because we just give up. Again, that's something that should never have come out of this team's mouth based on expectations, based on how many people cared about this team this year, money spent, fans going to the games, continuing to go to the games when you didn't deserve to have sellout crowds based on the way that you were playing. How much money you guys make, we're, we're never going to see that in our lifetimes. Nowhere close to that, probably, most of us that are watching or listening to this, right? So, yeah, that was a terrible quote. There's been a lot of bad quotes, I think, this season. There was from this Padres team, but that one right there sums up this season. Bad mentality, not enough urgency, because if there was urgency, you wouldn't be giving up when you get down and when things get tough. Right. There were some quotes that talked about needing more urgency and not having it enough, not wanting it bad enough. The Manny quote, that was one that was probably fourth. If I had a fourth nominee, that probably would be up there. But yeah, this one was Soto. I think it really like summarized this entire season. It was like, well, in spring training, if you see this quote from Juan Soto, how is this season going to go? And I would say this season is not going to go great at all. If that's a quote that I'm seeing from Juan Soto, from any Padres player, not to mention a superstar on the team, 
after the All-Star break. Yeah, not going to go well. And the season didn't go well. So not a surprise there. Not a surprise. All right. I want to get to Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin, he had comments today to the media. I'm going to get to the chat. Don't worry, I will get to the chat, so I'll get to any super chats that come through. I appreciate the support there. Uh, Bernie Wilson, he talked with Bob Melvin. I don't know if this was like via text or phone call or whatever. But Bob Melvin confirmed to Bernie Wilson that he'll be back as manager of the Padres in 2024, which Preller said in his press conference on, what is today? Today's Thursday? He did say in uh, his press conference on Wednesday that Bob Melvin's the manager, but it was kind of left open on if he actually was going to be the manager in 2024 because Bob was not there. And when he was asked about like the contract status of Bob, is it just one more year? Is an extension being worked on? AJ didn't, he didn't actually answer that question. Just like he didn't actually answer a lot of questions in that Zoom conference the other day. Bomo on the reported civil war with AJ Preller. Those are anonymous reports, so we're fine and we're moving forward and we're both excited about it. To me, I think Bob Melvin is excited about the 2024 season so that he can get done. He can be over this season because this season was just terrible for Bob Melvin, probably having to answer all the questions from the media and have to deal with all of the, the requests from the players and all that instead of the players just doing whatever Bob wanted to ask, wanted them to do, wanted any guy to do. I mean, I'm not saying every Padres player was like that, but there were a lot of Padres players. There were numerous Padres players in there that clearly didn't have the team first mentality right out of the gate. And that was a problem. So Bomel saying those anonymous reports, those are anonymous reports, so we're fine. We're moving forward. We're both excited about it. I think Preller's excited about it because he still has a job. I think Melvin's excited about it because he knows that this team's still talented. And he just wants to look forward to next year because this year was bad. But are they both excited about working with each other? Not so sure about that. I think that there's a middle ground here, if this makes sense. It's something in the middle. There's reports about the Civil War, unfixable. But I think it's all—it's not like it's the best relationship on planet Earth either. I think it's somewhere in the middle. And I don't think it's right at the middle. Like if there was one, like scale one to 10, okay? One is civil war, the relationship. It's absolutely terrible. One of the worst kept secrets in baseball. And then 10 is everything is completely fine. I think it's probably six, six and a half, maybe seven. So I think it's, or excuse me, the other way. I think it's maybe four, four and a half, three and a half, where it's not down the middle. It's completely fine. Like, well, that's 10, but down the middle, like, no, we're fine. I think it's more on the worst side, but I don't think it's as bad as probably what some sources have said to Kevin Acey, to Dennis Lynn, to Ken Rosenthal, to other sources, right? And, you know, the media, it is their job, writers, it is their job to get clicks, as people say, 
But I'm not saying that Kevin AC and Dennis Lynn and Ken Rosenthal, their reporting was inaccurate because it was probably accurate, right? Like they talked to people in the organization, around the organization. They didn't make up those quotes. So they put them in there that people said, and they put out the story. And there was a lot of research, a lot of sources that were gathered, a lot of reporting from those pieces. And Melvin and Preller obviously weren't really going to comment a whole lot on it. They're not going to give you the full truth of their relationship. And so that's what gets put out and everything gets painted in a negative light. And that's what happens. I don't think everything is fine. And I think, or maybe things are fine, but fine is not the way I want something to be described as, you know, between the relationship between Preller and Melvin. Preller, multiple, not Melvin, uh, not Preller, Melvin. Melvin multiple times now has told the media, we're fine. The relationship's fine. He said that in the dugout, I think one of the final homestands of the season, when he was asked about the relationship, it's fine. And then he says here to Bernie Wilson, those are anonymous, anonymous reports, so we're fine and we're moving forward, blah, blah, blah. We're both excited about it. We're fine. Doesn't That's not the most ringing endorsement of A.J. Preller. So some of the stuff that is being reported, I think that's factual. There is something to that. It's not the best relationship. But they're still willing to work together. So I don't think it's the absolute worst relationship either. If it was the absolute worst relationship, then Bob Melvin would find a way to get out of the job. And he'd either retire or go interview for another spot, Angels, Giants, whatever. He'd go interview for another position, right? Um, but I think it also can get worked and patched together, the relationship. When there's $4 million on the line for Bob Melvin, he doesn't want to walk away from that because it's still $4 million. I know he's been in the big leagues for a long time. He doesn't need that money probably, but it's still $4 million. Like I think we'd love to have $4 million. And you can put up being the manager of the team for one year. And I don't think he wants to give up on how much talent is in that clubhouse. Right? And A.J. Preller, he is going to be like the relationship's fine because he doesn't want to have his job be lost because I don't know if Peter Seidler is going to want A.J. Preller to go hire another manager and let him hire another manager. If he couldn't let it, if it couldn't work out with Bob Melvin, who's it going to work out with? Right? You could get along great, like Tingler or Green, but then you don't win. So it didn't work out, right? So what the definition of working out, the, the relationship working out is you winning, right? I mean, that's at least for the fans, winning. So Preller doesn't want to lose his job. I think it would be a bad, uh, it would send a bad message around baseball. because Bob Melvin knows a lot of people. If Bob Melvin were to walk away, I think AJ would be like, oh, don't know if there's going to be a ton of interest in this job because that word's going to get around the league because Bob Melvin knows a lot of people in baseball. So I think there's there were motivations on both sides to make this thing work. Bob Melvin, he's not getting any younger, and there's one of 30 of these jobs, and not all of them has as much talent on this team. Not all of them have Manny, Xander, Soto, and Tatis on this team, and Musgrove, and Darvish, and Suarez. The talent, Kyle Sung Kim, I could keep going. Cronenworth, I could keep going. Not all of them have this much talent on their team. 
So I think Bob realizes the situation that he's in, $4 million on the table. All right, let's try to work this thing together. I might not love AJ Preller. AJ might not love Bob, but I think it's somewhere near the middle. I don't think it's something where they hate each other, but something's off and they don't love each other. I don't think everything is just completely fine. Like Bob Melvin saying, like AJ Preller is going to say, like AJ Preller said at his Zoom conference that they have a friendship. He mentioned the word friendship. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. Don't know about that. I don't know about them talking four or five times a day. He's making it seem like everything is completely fine. I don't buy that. But I also don't buy that it's the worst relationship ever, or else Bob Melvin would have found a way out of it, probably. If it was that bad, he probably would have been out. And he's not. So, And that's that's the good thing. A.J. Preller, there's a lot of people in the town, including myself, that were probably at the point of, like, why not make a move? But it's not surprising, consider pe- considering Peter Seidler's health, he doesn't want to have to hire another person to come in. And that changes everything in the organization because they all want to hire their own people. And maybe that guy doesn't want Bob Melvin. And you know, he just didn't want to change this with everything that's going on with him. So it made sense. I understood Preller's staying, and I like that Bob Melvin is staying. And hopefully they can come together a little bit better, and the Padres can have a much better season in 2024. That's, I think that's what we're all hoping for here, right? All right. Before I get to the chat, I'm going to get through some San Diego sports stuff and... Also, want to shout out the partners of the show, main sponsor, Gaglione Bros, Famous Cheese Steaks, and Garlic Fries, their main location on Friars Road. They are available at Snapdragon Stadium and Petco Park. The, uh, the website, the link to the website is in the description. Same thing with FOCO, Breaking Tea. FOCO has some great bobbleheads, Padres collectibles, Breaking Tea, some great San Diego sports swag, Padres, Aztecs, Wave. I'm actually wearing a Breaking Tea shirt right now. The Joe Musgrove stick it to him shirt from the NL wildcard game last year. Man, those those games were fun to watch, huh? Gosh, I, I missed that. The postseason games have been fun to watch still, but it's it's maybe it's a little bit better for some because there's not a, you're not as nervous because it's just baseball that you're watching. But we'd obviously much rather have the Padres in it. Um, Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100 if you use my code Talking Friars. Or if you click the link in the description for them, SeatGeek code Talking Friars twenty dollars off your order there, and it's just not Padres games that that applies to it. It applies to any event that's up there on SeatGeek. All right, before I get to the chat, I want to get to some other San Diego sports stuff. San Diego Loyal, they did not score last night against El Paso. Nil nil was the final, but it's okay. They picked up a point. I think this was funny. I was watching this match, and they were playing this at the El Paso Chihuahua Stadium. It was on the outfield, and it's not like they were playing on some part of the the, the field was dirt. No, they put some grass in there. But that was a San Diego club playing San Diego AAA affiliate playing at their stadium, which is interesting. Um, 48%, 48% possession for San Diego. 48% 
possession for El Paso. So it was a even, it was a pretty even match, I would say. Uh, San Diego, two shots on target. I don't think El Paso had a single shot on target. Um, Evan Conway had a pretty nice opportunity there, I want to say in the second half. So San Diego now, so no goals, but they're at 51 points. They pick up a point, 14, 9, and 9 on the year. Fourth place in the West in the USL Western Conference. And a win versus Oakland this weekend, Saturday, at home against Oakland Roots. That will clinch a home playoff match for San Diego. So this is the last home regular season match coming up for San Diego Loyal this weekend against Oakland. Go get your tickets. I will, for the clip of this video, I am leaving the link to the tickets in the description so you can get your tickets there. Or you can go to San Diego Loyal's website, their social media, and I'm sure they have some links there to go get tickets. But support this team. It's it's uh, It sucks, obviously. I've made my thoughts known on this. It sucks that San Diego Loyal is going away after this year. Um, you know, the whole... I, I wish that they would have become the MLS team, obviously, and people would have been rewarded for all the work that they had put in. But professional sports, money, the new ownership comes in. They can do whatever they want. They paid a lot of money. They can do whatever they want with it. And San Diego Loyal... They just couldn't find a new spot to play, really. In Torero Stadium, they wanted to find a new spot, and they just couldn't do it. So that's part of the reason why they ended up are going to end up folding. Uh, but some other some some loyal employees have already found some spots landing on their feet, which is good. But um, probably not everyone is going to, and they're going to have to work in some other industry. Um, I feel for the players. I feel for obviously the supporters. So hopefully this last regular season match this weekend can end up being a win and can clinch a home playoff match. Top four seeds in each conference get a home playoff match. So that will be great, hopefully, to see a win coming up this weekend. And then I want to get to San Diego Wave. San Diego FC, I guess, is how we should really label this. Tom Penn, he was on Two Balls and a Mic, their podcast. Uh, it was an exclusive interview, I believe, at San Diego FC or San Diego MLS because their team name isn't official yet, even though all of their branding, their name is San Diego FC on social media, their website, everything. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be San Diego FC. We'll see about the colors and all that. But that'll be unveiled later in the month. Tom Penn, he is the like face of this franchise right now. Told two balls in a mic last week. San Diego FC has priority of over San Diego Wave, and that was negotiated with, I think, San Diego State, with uh, because San Diego State is the 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 main person, the main the main uh, what tenant? Uh, they're they're the main. They own that stadium, right? Snapdragon Stadium. So I guess it was negotiated that MLS will have priority over San Diego Wave. When San Diego Wave FC, they literally were here before MLS. MLS isn't going to be here until 2025. And San Diego Wave is an established women's professional soccer team here. They have one of the biggest superstars on the planet playing for their team. They've sold out the stadium, 32,000 people last September. They bring in some of the biggest crowds in NWSL. 
They've got Naomi Germer on the team. They've got a great coach, a hell of a coach in Casey Stoney, Kalen Sheridan. They've got a lot of talent. They're the best team in the league right now. You go look at the NWSL table, who's number one? San Diego Wave. And San Diego MLS, they come in here and they get to have priority. A men's team gets to come in here who has not played a game yet. It's bad enough that Loyal is folding. They get to come in here and get priority over San Diego Wave. That does not make sense to me. San Diego Wave, I think, played a significant role in MLS even coming to San Diego because it showed that Snapdragon Stadium is a really good soccer stadium and people will show up for major soccer in San Diego. Like, they have proven that it can work in San Diego here, along with San Diego Loyal. So, again, like, Wave was here first. For them to not get priority over San Diego FC, for San Diego FC probably to blow San Diego State away with money so that they could get first priority, that, I think, San Diego State, that's a bad decision on their part. I get, like, they probably need, for them, business-wise, money, if MLS is going to give them a bunch of money to get priority for Saturday nights, okay, then I understand like you, you're going to want to go get the money. But in terms of like respect and what's the actual like right decision to make, it's to give San Diego Wave first priority over MLS. Because MLS didn't come until, guess what? It was proven that San Diego Wave, San Diego major level soccer will work in San Diego at Snapdragon Stadium. And who proved that? San Diego Wave. So, yeah, this I'm, I'm irritated by this decision. I am. And I don't think I'm the only one. I know I'm not the only one, in fact, because Casey Stoney here, San Diego Wave, obviously the head coach of San Diego Wave, she spoke to, I believe, two balls and a mic, to the media, this morning, all I can say is that it frustrates me again that we're the established team in the market and a men's team comes in and gets first picks on schedule. Shame it continues to happen. And I totally agree with it. It is a shame. Because Wave is an established team. We don't even know what this San Diego FC team is going to look like. I get it. MLS is probably more popular. They have Messi in the league and all that. They shouldn't get priority over a team that's already here. And it's a bad look for a men's team to come in here and get priority over a women's team. Because San Diego Wave, what, you think that they want to play? Because the good thing, like, like with schedule, is San Diego Wave can still, they'll still probably be playing on a lot of Saturday nights because of the schedule. They can alter that, right, where San Diego FC can play on a Saturday night. But then, at the beginning of seasons, there's San Diego State football that gets first priority over San Diego FC, over San Diego Wave. So there's probably going to be some Sunday games that San Diego Wave probably wants to be playing on a Saturday night. Maybe there's better attendance on a Saturday night. I'm, I don't know about the numbers or anything like that, but there's, there's a lot of things that happen on Sundays. There's the NFL that you compete with that maybe some fans just want to stay home and watch. Um, Sunday nights, I mean, there's kids that have school the next day, you know, like Saturday is a great slot and San Diego Wave, in my opinion, definitely deserves that over San Diego FC when San Diego FC is not even going to be coming here until 2025. 
So, yeah, hopefully they can work together and maybe there's going to be a good collaboration where they they can, uh, San Diego FC can realize like, hey, you know, maybe, I know MLS, they probably set the schedule, but maybe they can have a double header where it's San Diego Wave coming in after San Diego FC or San Diego, F- San Diego Wave coming in before San Diego FC and playing to make like a big soccer weekend about it. And everyone can be happy, but uh, I definitely understand Coach Stoney's frustration for sure. And uh, yeah, I don't think it's a good look. Definitely not a good look. Wasn't a good look that San Diego Loyal, they're folding, obviously. And I think a big reason is because of the MLS team. And now San Diego Wave not getting priority over this MLS team that's not even here yet. We don't even know a single player that's going to be on the roster. All right. Getting to the comments here. Super chat. I do see a super chat here. So he is first in line. Matthew says the Padres were cocky. Look at them before the season started. We need to be more humble and hungry. Would love to re-sign Soto and Profar. Trade for a starter in the offseason. Yeah, controllable young starter. That would be great. Resigning Soto, I don't think that that's going to happen. He's so close to free agency. And I think the Potters would have to offer him like $500 million for that to happen. 480, I think he still would probably have the balls to reject that and believe in himself. And if he doesn't get 480 in free agency, he'll still be getting a lot of money anyway. So I think he'll be willing to bet on himself, to be honest. 480, I think that's a good offer. Maybe the Padres make that offer. But I don't see a Soto extension happening. I think mainly because of Soto and Boris. It feels like they're just set on going to free agency. And Profar, yeah, I would love to have Jerks and Profar back. Short one-year deal. Not a lot of salary, obviously. Not, you know, $10 million or anything like that. Just like bench player, role player, someone that can play whenever is needed. Versatile, someone that Bob Melvin likes. I think that's important with this AJ Preller Bob Melvin relationship next year. Give players to Bob Melvin that he is going to play. Like that was part of the disconnect, the roster construction this past year. Have that communication with Bob. So, and Profar is under those players that Bob likes. So, thank you, Matthew, for that super chat. And I agree uh, with that Profar thing there. Austin says, Ben. I just watched your compilation of all the Padres' bad moments. Again, anyone that's just joining, um, I did make, yes, I made a compilation of all the Padres' bad moments this year. It's up on this YouTube channel. So I, I spent some, uh, I spent a good amount of time on that. So please go check that out if you have the time. Um, I just watched your compilation of all the Padres' bad moments, and at least 75% of the moments resulted in me yelling F or breaking something. Hopefully you didn't break a ton. Hopefully you didn't you know, break a window or anything like that. But yes, Soto dropping balls, grounding into double plays, Tim Hill not being able to throw to first base. That's just some of the moments that are in there. Little teaser there. Yeah. Austin says, I can name at least three of those moments where I lost my temper and got in so much trouble. The fans caused that crap by that questions from the fan. Yeah, but I think that that was a little girl that asked that question, so I'm not going to get on. I'm not going to get on or maybe it was a boy. I don't know who it was, but I'm not going to get on the fan for, for that. Devin says, the video I've been waiting for. Well, there you go. And for anyone that is going to want to get on me, like, why are you crapping on this team? We get it. Because I want people to know how bad of a season it was. And 
I think some people are actually going to laugh from that video because they're going to laugh and be like, man, this team was bad. And some of the bad plays that happened. I know other fan bases are probably going to laugh at the video because they don't like the Padres, right? They Or they don't like Padres fans. Um, and by the way, also for those that maybe don't like the video, I'll, I'll put, I'm going to be putting out better videos here, like more positive, I should say, not like better done, but like more positive videos, like um, player highlight videos. I'll, I'm not going to reveal everything, but like player highlight videos. That'll be coming out, rolling out probably soon over the next week, week and a half or so. For not every player, because not every player deserves it, but for some of the players. Uh, Hope Springs Eternal said, you said that Blake Snow would be traded. I do not value your opinion. This is just clickbait. Um, well, I said, I think I said I would trade Blake Snell if I was AJ Preller. There was definitely at a certain point where I was like, yeah, he's not going to get traded. I think after the Ranger series, because it's AJ Preller, Peter Scyther, they're not going to want to give up. That would affect probably fan attendance. They don't want to give up on the clubhouse. They don't want to, because that would be a bad look on Preller as well. Like that was his roster that he constructed. Um, if I was AJ, I would have traded him. Yes. I don't think that's clickbait. I think that's, trust me, there are people out there that it's clickbait. Okay. Um, and, you know, part of it is, yeah, we are trying to have people watch the videos. Yeah. That's, we want people to watch the videos, but I'm not going to sit here and lie to you, say something that I don't think I would do if I was AJ Preller. That's where I was coming from, from that. And if I said that Blake Snow's going to get traded, it's not like I was reporting that he was going to get traded. I just was, I think, probably, there were reports, I think, at some point before the deadline, like, it's likely that Snow gets dealt. I think Nightingale put that out, and some don't want me to keep talking about what Nightingale puts out and all that, but he is a national reporter. He has gotten some stuff right in the past. Um, and so I brought it up. It wasn't me reporting that, they're going to get traded. I don't think I put a thumbnail out there saying that Snell's getting traded for clickbait. That's that's not who I am. No, that's not who I am. Yes, Devin, I did see Billy Epler resign today. That was interesting. That was not expected by the Mets, people around the Mets. I don't think it was expected by people in baseball. People were thinking that it was going to be Epler there and David Stearns ahead of him. And it was going to be collaboration and Stearns was going to be the head guy. But Billy Epler, I think he essentially said, like, I wanted it to be a clean slate for David Stearns. To me, that's like, we're probably, we don't see eye to eye. So I'm going to maybe try to go get a job somewhere else where I see eye to eye with someone. Would the Padres bring Billy Epler in to be a GM under AJ Preller? Maybe. I don't know, maybe, but um, yeah, that was that was a little unexpected. I know if I was the Mets GM and I had a president of baseball ops above me and I was the GM before that, I was the head guy, yeah, I probably wouldn't like that, but I probably still would want to be the GM because it's a GM of a baseball team. Like, There's not very many of those out there, so I think they probably just didn't see eye to eye or maybe something happened with him and Steve Cohen. I don't know, but yeah, it was definitely interesting. It was one of those where it's like, of course, that's what he's going to say, 
But is that is that truly what he what he believes? He's just gonna give up on on this. He's just gonna give up his job just because he wants it a clean slate for someone else. I don't know about that. Iron Swan says waiting for he was waiting for this episode or he or she was waiting for this episode. Well, there you go. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Mark says, I was for Snow and Hater to get traded at the deadline, but AJ took a risk and it didn't work out. Now both will be gone due to free agency along with other pitchers who are free agents. Yep. Spot on there. I think if I had to, if someone asked, like, who's, what's the better shot, Hater or Snow returning? I would definitely say Snow. The Padres aren't going to give Hater $100 million. And Snell, it really feels like he's someone that would really want to return. Don and Mud interviews. I think he believes in the team, the talent. Um, I mean, he said to the media, I think, at the end of the season that this was, he, he doesn't know if he's ever going to be on a, on a team this talented ever again. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think he likes it in San Diego. But I want to say his girlfriend already posted on Instagram that she'll miss it. They'll miss San Diego. Um, Josh Hader already made a post on Instagram himself, not his wife or anything like that himself. Like, miss you. We'll miss you, San Diego. Something like that. So he knows he's gone. Snell. There's. I still think there's a chance of him returning, but it would have to be probably low AAV. And I mean low by like less than $30 million a year, which is still a lot. But not not anywhere close to like $200 million and probably not even like 180 I just don't see that happening. With Boris as his agent, he's coming off winning a Cy Young, which he's going to do. He's going to ask for, I would not be surprised if he asked for $200 million out of the gate. And then the asking price could maybe get more reasonable. But it's going to go all the way down to where the Padres are comfortable bringing back Blake. I don't know. I don't see that. I don't see either coming back. And that's not me reporting that. That's that's just me giving my opinion. Kenny asks, what are your thoughts of Preller and Melvin coming back next year? I'm not surprised by it, by both coming back. And I think that Bob Melvin coming back is the right move. Right guy to lead this group of guys. The players respect him. He knows what he's doing. If you bring in someone else or you elevate someone, that's at best a lateral move. Like if it was Mike Schilt or Matt Williams managing, it's probably just like a lateral move. And I'd rather just have them on the coaching staff with Bob Melvin managing than have no Bob Melvin and them managing and having other guys. So I think the coaching staff, it's pretty good. There's some guys that you could complain about, but for the most part, I think it's pretty good. I think Ryan Christensen knows what he's doing. I think Bob Melvin knows what he's doing. I think Matt Williams, and they know what they're doing. And Preller, I, w- I was fine if he was going to be gone. I wasn't going to be pissed off about it. I have been a Preller supporter. Uh, but, I mean, this season, it, it irritated me. and It irritated a lot of Padres fans. This guy has had so many chances to get to that World Series, and it hasn't happened. And that 2022 playoff run is an outlier in A.J. Preller's tenure with the San Diego Padres organization. Him running this team, that is an outlier. It's not something that's consistent. 
Mark says, regarding Soto, right now his value is high. If the Padres can't afford him long-term, this offseason would be a great time to trade him, get a few players who can help us going forward. Yeah, but to me, I think the Padres should try to go win it all next year because Peter's not getting any younger. Bob Melvin, last year under contract. Um, Juan Soto helps your team win games more than whoever you're going to bring in. I don't think whoever they bring in is going to provide more value to this team than Juan Soto can offensively. And I don't want Seidler or the Padres to have regrets. Man, what if we had Juan Soto? What would have happened? Start the year with Juan Soto. Give it a shot. If it's not working out, then you can trade him at the trade deadline. Sure, would you be getting less back than if you traded him before the season started? Yeah, but you're still not going to get anywhere close to what you gave up for Juan Soto before the season started if you trade him in this offseason. Because teams... I don't think a lot of teams are going to want to take the risk of one year of Soto. He could just go walk. You know, I don't think they want to take that risk. And even if they do, they're not giving you their top three or four prospects for him because they don't have him for three pennant races. Devin agreed. Soto's quote was easily the best of the worst. Hands down. Chad says, hopefully this season was a dose of humble pie for the team, and they used this disaster of a season as fuel to motivate them during 2023, or 2024, excuse me. I'm probably going to keep saying 2023 a lot, because that's the year we're in. Yes, 2024. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they use it as motivation, for sure. During the workouts this offseason, all that. And if there's going to be doubters, I hope they use that as motivation as well. But keep it inside, you know? Don't go yapping, especially about other teams. Don't do that, because that just puts more of a target on you. Um, Yariel says, worst quote Machado said, don't jump on the Padres bandwagon when we start effing, or when we uh, when we start effing raking, but yeah, when we start mashing. Um, you could say that for sure, because I think some people took that as like a shot, Manny taking a shot at the fans. And it's like, dude, we are supporting you. You don't need to do that. We're going to support you. I might not like some of the things that you say or some of the things that get reported, but we're going to support you because we want the Padres to win. You're on the team. You're a big part of this team. A lot of Padres fans are big Manny fans. So we support you. We, it's just like, it's like family. Sometimes you say critical things because you want things to change. You're pissed off with how things are going. So you say things. It's 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 love, really. It's not us hating. So, yeah, that was definitely a candidate. And if you think that's the worst, I'm not going to blame you for thinking that for sure. I already gave my thoughts on Melvin returning. Let's see here. Devin says Padre players need to start eating some Gaglione bros steak fries so they can get their winning mojo back. If that's what happened in 2022, then yeah, keep doing it. Whatever whatever they were doing in 2022, do that. It worked. Yes, haters' comments in the end were just icing on the cake for sure. Mark says, Loyal, loyal uh, got screwed by the MLS, MLS team coming to San Diego. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I like that some of these loyal employees are going to work for the MLS club, but I think Loyal should have just become the club. But I know these guys spent a ton of money. Mohammed Mansoor, Saquon, they, they spent a ton of money 
to come in. So they have a right to do whatever they want. They have a right to make their own crust and colors and own team name. They have their right to do that. And I think they're doing some good things with the right to dream. And so some of the stuff I have not liked, but they have some time. They have a lot of time to do some good things um, with this club and get this club in good shape going into the first year in 2025. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Tyler says, clickbait, cough, cough, hogwatch, cough. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it, yes, yeah, sometimes the, the thumbnail and the title is, it does, I think it, it can be. But, hey, I'm not here, I'm not trying to, like, bash him for that. Like, he's trying to get views. We're, we're YouTubers. Part, part of what we do is YouTubing about the Padres, and we're trying to get views. So I understand it. I'm just not going to, I'm not going to go that far as he doesn't do it all the time. I'm not saying he does it all the time. And I love, I like the passion that he has for the Padres. I like a lot of Padres fans that do this. Obviously people know that I love John and Jim and we have a great relationship there. Um, but yes, since you brought it up, Tyler, yes, a little bit. It's really all love with Padres fans. I mean, we can disagree and some things I don't like and some things people don't like about, I guess, what I do or whatever I put on social media for some reason. But it's all love, I think. We're all, we should all be together. We should all be rooting for the same thing and not try to go hate on each other. We can be critical, but not to, like, hate on each other, you know? 
Um, all right. That's it. Talking Friars episode 485. Thanks so much for tuning in. Podcast platforms, YouTube. I appreciate y'all. Have a great rest of your night, and I'll talk to y'all later. Uh, stay tuned on the YouTube channel, by the way, for some more uh, highlight videos, stuff like that coming out. Um, and we'll see when my next episode is. I'll be having some uh, player review shows coming out probably uh, as October really gets going here as well. Thank you.